five, four, three. All right. Um, this is the podcast about some things. Uh, this is the first ever podcast, the inaugural podcast. I need to start looking at my camera because I keep looking down. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you guys for joining us. Um, like I said, this is the podcast about some things. It's a podcast dedicated to the content that we love to consume. Um, we kind of started this podcast and the subsequent subsequent website, a website about some things to kind of just be more creative in our lives, put out some content that we love, and basically pay homage to you know the creators that you know we consume and kind of put our own little twist on you know just the content that we want to put out and want to consume so with that being said i am your host aman khalid uh i am joined by my two esteemed colleagues friends group chat group chat extraordinaires um first off hold on let me uh, get these powerpoint presentations going for uh for the viewers hold on how do i full screen okay oh that didn't work no, 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 no. I want to uh, hit present. Present. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. Okay, uh, this is a podcast about some things. Here are the links, a website about somethings.com. This is the website. Um, you guys should check us out. I already dropped the first article over there. It's kind of just an introduction article to the website. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at A-M-A-N-U-L-L-A-H, two double underscores, Amanula double underscores um at a w b s t e a b t s n t n g s yeah i know it's really complicated but it's supposed to be a streamlined <laughs> version of a website about some things you can also follow who i'm about to introduce uh right right now in a second coach Corey fit um at c-o-a-c-h underscore c-o-r-e-y underscore f-i-t um andrew is about to make a twitter account soon so we'll let him plug it when when i introduce him the instagram is basically the same handle as the twitter so i'm not going to say it again but you guys can figure it out youtube is a website about some things and you can follow us on your favorite podcasting apps um anchor spotify apple Podcasts, google play we're on all of them so you know you guys check us out give us five stars give us comments give us reviews give us likes so um, yeah, that's basically it. Um, no further ado, I'm here with Coach Corey COVID Corona Lawson, um, who is, you know, the my my antithesis in the group chat. I would say um, he's accurate. He's the he's a fitness guru. <laughs> he's the founder of Claw Athletics. So um, check out his Instagram. Check out his um, business page. Check out all of his fitness stuff. Um, but he's joining us on this podcast because he is a you know, sports guru. He's, you know, also a sports guru. He's, um, if anybody knows more about sports in this world, it's Corey. And he's the person I probably trust the most um, <laughs> to come with my sports opinions and my hot takes. So I just want to say, you know, Amon is correct that, you know, we are the antithesis of one another but i like to say that you know what i'm the bill russell to amon's Will chamberlain <laughs> i'm saying only one of us can get the championships and more times than not it's got to be me man that's all i want to add fair enough fair enough you can have the championships but he also caught he also might have caught covid so <laughs> i think we're fair in that regard um but 
So for this podcast and maybe for the next podcast, he's known as Coach uh, COVID Lawson. So, uh, but thank you for joining us, Corey. Um, it's a pleasure having you um, on this podcast and in future podcasts. And I'm glad we're going to, you know, go on this journey together and, you know, just do what we do. Um, and then obviously we got Andrew Jr. Acuna, AKA AJ. Um, don't forget the AKA AJ. He's a, he's a Giannis Stan, a Milwaukee Bucks fan, um, and black quarterbacks only. Okay. Period. Black quarterbacks only. Um, he's a fun guy laid back. If Corey is the antithesis in the group chat, AJ is definitely the wild card. Um, he definitely knows how to push me and Corey's buttons. Uh, he adds his amazing opinions, um, and he's got some some wild takes that you know the average sports fan does not have. Um, so it's awesome to have him here because he offers a different perspective than um, I would say your typical sports fan. He he has a, he, I don't know he just views sports in a different lens than your normal guys. So that's why we wanted him on this on this podcast. This is why we wanted him on the video. Um, yeah. And I wanted to add, you know, my, my role in this that I try to make sure to uh, be intentional about is to always kind of ring around the fact that everybody's human and we all go through human experiences. So it's important to factor that into what we can love and consider in our sports world, you know? Yeah, for sure. Things like that. I feel like it brings more life to what we consume and it's uh, always fun to kind of highlight that whenever, whenever we have our discussions. Yeah, no, for sure. I think um, it's important definitely to look at the human aspect on top of, you know, these people are not just athletes, they're people first. Um, and that's always important to remember. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, my two podcast hosts, my esteemed colleagues, my friends. Thank you guys for joining. Um, I'm your host, CEO and founder of a website about things, co-founder, I guess, these guys are my founders. They're always here for me. And, you know, they're with me every step of the way. So they're also co-founders and CEOs, I guess. I don't know what title to give them. But my name's Iman Khaled. Uh, I'm an attorney. I, uh, I like sports. I'm from Chicago. So I support Chicago teams. Um, I'm also a fun guy. You can follow me on Twitter. Um, yeah. And basically, we started this website just to create content, like I said. And um, so that's why I'm here. Uh, but yeah, let's get going. Um, we're going to get into our first topic. Like I said, a podcast about some things. It's not just a sports podcast, but we are going to talk heavily about sports. Um, so it's, it could be called a podcast about some sports things, but we kept it vague for that reason. But we are going to talk a lot about sports. And it's been a tough time. Um, about a hundred days ago, the NBA announced that they were shutting down due to the pandemic and COVID-19, AKA COVID-20 now. Um, I don't, I'm not sure why they haven't changed the name. Um, it doesn't really make sense to me, but the NBA shut down basically, I think on March 13th, I don't know the exact date. Um, and recently they announced their proposal and plan to return to action um, and return to Disney World where 22 teams are basically gonna enter Disney World, stay there, and um, whether they're going to live in a bubble or not is kind of, kind of remains to be seen, but um, 
there's going to be an eight-game regular season where the 22 teams are going to play each other, uh, and then they're going to have the standard playoffs. The one difference to the playoff structure is that the eight and nine seed could play a playoff play-in game, play-in series, uh, if the eight seed, if the eight and nine seed are within four games of each other. So that's an added element of um, an eight-nine play-in for the last playoff spot. Um, among other things, roster spots have been expanded. Um, there's going to be no crowd, no no home games, um, and NBA players can watch from the stands. Uh, there's going to be three different arena, uh, three different venues where the NBA players are going to stay. A lot of different things. Um, we don't have to get into the details, but I basically just wanted to get you know uh, Corey and AJ's opinion on whether whether or not returning to play is a good idea whether or not you guys are excited about the NBA returning and just your thoughts. Uh, I'll throw it to, I'll throw it to Corey first. Yeah. So is it a good idea? I think you're asking the wrong question. The right question is what happens with these checks, right? So if I'm an <laughs> NBA player at the end of the day, if they're saying, look, if we have a season, we're paying you. If we don't have a season, we're not going to pay you. It's a pretty tough sales pitch for me to go ahead and disagree with. So I think end of the day, I think all the players are excited to be back as fans. Of course, I mean, whatever sport gets back first, they're going to break TV ratings that they've ever had. You know, we are all desperate for something that just matters on TV, something I actually care about in sports. I'm happy basketball got there first uh, for many reasons. We'll talk about later in the pod, I'm sure. Um, but I'm hyped, man. And I'm the, I'm the guy who loves to watch mic'd up. So my thing is I say, hey, when we play these games, put a mic on the court. You know what I'm saying? Don't edit. No edits. I want to hear exactly what these guys say to each other. I want to hear the sneakers. I want to hear everything. So I'm all for it. My only thing is I say, mic it up. AJ? Uh, yeah, definitely have to say I have some mixed emotions, you know, regarding the return, you know, the uncertainty, the whole situation, all the procedures that go into this endeavor that the NBA is trying to embark on, you know, trying to thread this very tight needle of being essentially isolated, but trying to do a contact sport. Uh, I definitely have to echo about the mic'd up. I mean, obviously, regardless of whatever the outcome is, I'm going to be dying for every game that they're going to they're going to show us. So for as long as it lasts, I'll be there. But do I anticipate a full playoff series? I'm not optimistic about that. I'll be real with you. A full fleshed out end of season for NBA. It's just, I mean, it will be a testament of the greatness of the NBA. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got to agree, man. That's the that's the thing is. I think we've all made assumptions that NBA is coming back this day, baseball is coming back that day, college football, so on and so forth. But we still don't know. I mean, if the right people get coronavirus, all bets are off, right? Like, what happens if what happens if LeBron gets COVID, or if right. Giannis gets COVID? Like, what happens? The star player gets COVID, and like, this is not just oh, quick little cold or the flu. Like, this will damage your lungs. This will have adverse effects yeah. on your so like yeah what if someone like that someone maybe not as old but someone in their late 30s on a who am I thinking of I mean Trevor's not playing anymore um some of these older cats you know that are not necessarily in the best Jared Dudley yeah, yeah yeah um 
and they get it, you know what I'm saying? Or like you said, someone more reputable, like what's next, you know? Yeah, and I, uh, so I, I do want to follow up. And I mean, um, we're going to kind of get into the Kyrie stuff and kind of the social aspect of returning, um, you know, returning to play. But, you know, even with the health aspect, I, th- I mean, I think you guys completely hit it on the head. Um, I, we were talking in the group chat um, just recently, it got announced that Nikola Jokic, star of the Denver Nuggets, he tested positive for Corona. Um, oh. And he was with, you know, uh, rumors are spreading that he caught it from Novak Djokovic, who they were hanging out with, hanging out together, uh, I think in Serbia. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like even with Jokic now catching COVID, what are they gonna do about him? Um, is he, you know, is it safe for him to even travel internationally? Is it safe for anybody to be in this bubble? Um, these are all great questions. I just kind of wanted to ask one follow-up question. Do you guys, do you guys actually think right now that the NBA is going to come back? Uh, I think they're going to try. Yeah, same. So I, I think AJ kind of hit it on the head where it's, are they going to play a basketball game for this season? Yes. But we just don't know how things are going to play out. So I think it's going to come down to how well do they actually quarantine these guys, right? Does quarantine mean, hey, we're in the same facility and we practice in the same place? Or does quarantine also mean, hey, on nights, on weekends, no matter what, nobody leaves this campus? So if they really quarantine everybody, then I don't see a reason why they can't have a full season. But that's what it's going to come down to. Because you can test everybody before the playoffs start, but if guys are still going out, which adults do, and as we're seeing across the country, people still do, that could be a, a huge wrench that blows up this whole season as soon as it starts. Yeah, they definitely got to do something about outsiders and leaving and going. But I wanted to add that if they should do anything at all outside of the actual games, they got to implement some sort of real world show of the players out there. They gotta do it. I mean, they got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, honestly I, I am more interested in that than the actual basketball games because these guys might be rusty anyway. Well, I don't even know if these guys are still who they were when we left them off, but personalities don't change. I would actually be more interested in the reality TV show <laughs> than the actual basketball. I know that sounds, sounds terrible for me to say, but it's the truth. A hundred percent. And can we add an element of voting guys off the island just for good fun? Like I, I'm, I'm all in on this. A hundred percent. I would love to see Jared Dudley get voted off the island. <laughs> I mean, you know, Kyrie's first one. Yeah, Kyrie's for sure. Um, so what? I mean, you guys mentioned the mic'd up situation. We don't know if they're actually going to get a mic'd up. We hope there is. Um, we do know that players are going to be in the stands. Is there something in particular that you guys? are really excited about like with the changes in the NBA structure to see. I mean, I'm particularly particularly excited to see obviously Zion. I think the, the, the changes have been made to see Zion make the playoffs. And so I'm excited for that eight and nine play, play in game because yeah. it's going to be an interesting series where the Pelicans are probably going to have to win two games and they're probably going to beat the Grizzlies. I mean, I think the Grizzlies, um, I hope they beat them, but I know I'm very interested for that play in series. So is there something that you guys are, particularly interested in well i think it's pretty cool how they decided 13 teams from the west and then third and then nine from the east so they're clearly saying the west is the better conference and we're going to invite more teams from the west my question is why not do this every year 
I mean, for people our age, we're all 26, 27, like our entire life, the West has been way better than the East. So why do we have a situation where you got teams from the West winning 45 games, missing playoffs in the East, you go 500 and you're in. So if anything, I'm like, maybe the NBA is testing a new approach to playoffs. I mean, if they abolish conferences next year, you heard it here first. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to abolish conferences as soon as next year, but you bring up, <laughs> you do bring up an interesting point, though. In that, uh, you do bring up an interesting point in that, like, I don't know if this is necessarily the most um, fair way to bring back the NBA because you know the standings were already messed up before they came in, and so a lot of these teams don't have the same amount of games played, which means that they're going by win percentage, which is going to be changed because they're all playing, you know, a flat eight games. Um, and then obviously the eight seed is going to have to play that play in game, play in series to get into the playoffs. So do you guys think this is, this is fair? I mean, is this going to be an asterisk um, season? Mm-hmm. This is where it gets tough, right? Because anytime in sports you shorten a season, you're going to get folks saying, does that championship really count? And I would even add, it really depends on who wins the championship. I hate to say it, but it depends, right? 1999, they have an NBA strike. Spurs win a championship, but we love Tim Duncan. So nobody ever says he has an asterisk around his first ring. No one says that. Except for Shaq. Except for Except Shaq. For Shaq. <laughs> Except for Shaq. Now, if LeBron wins it, if James Harden wins it, if Russell Westbrook wins it, I know he's injured, but if Kevin Durant was involved, I could see a lot of people saying, hey, this season doesn't count. We didn't play a full season, so on and so forth. So, I don't know. It's tough to say. And then with COVID, again, what if a star misses due to COVID? What if it's the finals and and Kawhi gets COVID? So, I don't know. Uh, I want to – first, two things I'm looking forward to. I think Portland is going to make it. So two things, Russ versus Dame, Russ versus Pat Bev. I need to see it. I need to hear the mic'd up. I got it. As as, um, (laughs) as far as like, as far as like what else to expect, yeah. Outside of that, like what else I'd be looking for? I don't know. I feel like this just, yeah, there's too much uncertainty. So we'll just have to see like, how how things play off. As far as like the asterisks, I actually think that if if it was to be completed, you know, this, the rest of the season, I personally would see that as if not equal, probably more difficult just because of what they have to do in order for them to sustain the whole procedure of the NBA, you know, the whole process of the games and, and so forth. Um, you guys mentioned uh, just kind of the legacy aspect and how the shortened season might affect someone like James Harden. Harden. Um, do you guys think like the lack of home court advantage and these other things like that, um, who do you think is actually benefiting the least from this, you know, the changes mm. and who is benefiting the most? I mean, in terms of legacy, in terms of everything, play, everything, everything, who is, who is most harmed by this? So I have to preface by saying it sucks that they lost home court advantage after they fought for it and earned it. But 
For me, I have to look at the Lakers. If you've got the best player in the league and he's 36, he's on year 17, there's nothing you could ask for better than a 100-day bye week. I mean, there's nothing you could possibly ask for more than that. So for me, it's like, look, if I'm a team that's trying to beat the Lakers, if I'm the Bucks and we're a young team, I hate this. It's like, no, I want LeBron playing his 82nd game. I want him playing his 95th game. I don't want him fresh legs, 100, 100 games off. So I think it's a lot like football when they get bye weeks. You know, if you have a veteran quarterback, you really want that bye week. And I think for the Lakers, this was a massive bye week. And they've got to be pretty happy about the break. AJ? Yeah, I mean, this is a very difficult crisis for me to answer because, I mean, we all have a different perception on legacy and the worth of what this ring will be. And, I mean, I can't refute what Corey just said. Like, this is the best case scenario for LeBron if there is one like this. Uh, but diving a little deeper into what this actually will turn into, I still have to say I feel like a team like the Bucks. With the, you know, as we can all see, at least from the outside, who have a great team chemistry. I feel like, I feel like they're the ones that will blow up last in terms of what this ticking time bomb of the NBA in Orlando is looking like. In you know, in a pessimistic uh, view, like I can't, I can't shake the feeling that it's a ticking time bomb, and before you know it, like it'll be three, four weeks, and then it's done. But in terms of like being isolated together, in terms of being prepared for games, in terms of being, you know, just on point as a team, it's I feel like the Bucks are the most unified in that sense. I mean, you have Dwight, yeah. and you have uh, you know, Dwight and and uh, Avery Bradley not really vibing with Braun right now, so there's awkwardness and you know, in, in the isolation factor. But you have the Clippers who are going through some things late, you know, in February and January. There were like there were some rumors about what they were going through. And I mean, you know, just just random stuff like that that could manifest in various ways in this unique isolation experience. I I just want to add in too when it comes to the Clippers. If you want to ask about who benefits the least, it might be the Clippers because look, the Bucks. It was already uh, Giannis's team last year. They've already got the same guys to bring everyone back. They know each other. Lakers have been LeBron's team. With the Clippers, they brought in Kawhi, they brought in Paul George, and they haven't had a full season to really gel and play basketball together. And now they're being asked to suddenly go play playoff basketball when they haven't even had a full season to kind of come together as a team. Yeah, I think you guys bring up um, very interesting points about chemistry. I think that's why the Bucks are probably going to be the favorites, just because they've had the second year under Budenholzer. Uh, yeah, Budenholzer and it's just, um, I mean, it's gone very smoothly, and I don't think the the break is going to affect their chemistry too much, as they were, you know, they were already pretty stable. And you mentioned the Clippers. I mean, bringing two people, bringing two new people in, two big personalities and um, or on-court personalities at least, um, that's going to really affect them. I'm really looking at as a homer. I don't know if this is a homer pick, but I'm really looking at the Rockets as the team that probably benefits the most. Um, mainly because I'm worried about the team's team's ability to adjust to other teams with such a shortened season, with such high pressure, high, uh, you know, just a lot of, it's just a lot of change, a lot of difference. And I'm just, I'm not, I'm not too 
I'm not too worried about um, a team that doesn't have um, a great overall strength. Um, I think the Rockets pose a lot of matchup issues and will pose a lot of matchup issues to a lot of good teams that don't know how to um, deal with them. And so I just think teams are going to adjust going to have a hard time adjusting to them in the playoffs and it's going to be a struggle getting used to them in eight games um, in the regular season. So I think the Rockets might benefit the most. Um, let, me, but, let, me, let, me, let me piggyback that too, by the way. I, I hadn't thought about a team at that point, but this playoffs might be advantageous for teams who are more ISO dominant. All right. So if you think about like the NBA, historically it's you get 82 games to kind of experiment with your playbook, you know, experiment with different lineups you know, give teams different looks on offense, so on and so forth. And then by playoff time, it's like, all right, with these five guys, we have these sets that we run in these situations. Well, you don't have time to do that this year. You kind of got to roll the basketballs out there and just play. And so you could even argue that benefits playing styles like James Harden, like Russell Westbrook, guys who, again, like a lot of their playing style, their career is, hey, I'm going to get you a bucket. I'm going to make us a play. Exactly. Don't worry about it. You don't have to call a play coach. I'll find a way. This could be uh, to their advantage. I wanted to ask, to kind of piggyback on the both of that, what do y'all feel like, aside from the individual teams, what do you feel like the NBA itself in terms of the game, how do you feel like it changes and what becomes more advantageous and like the least advantageous as like, specifically regarding the game itself. Mm. You guys bring good points with like yeah. Problems, so, ISO ball and stuff right. like that. So, and maybe I shouldn't ask this because these are pro athletes, but history says I should ask this. I don't know who all is going to be in great, great NBA caliber shape. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know who's going to be in great phenomenal shape. So if you have a team who – everyone's conditioned, everyone's in shape, and they can commit to pushing the basketball and playing high pace, that could be a difference we see, especially in those first couple of rounds. I think we've got to go back and look at the max of pace, see who's at the top of that list and all the best shot. Yeah, I think yeah. you're going to see a lot of teams playing themselves in the shape the first eight games in that first, first round series. And that's why for a lot of these West teams, that matchup is going to be super important. And the seed really does not matter at this point because home field, home court advantage is gone. The Bucks worked almost 60 games for that advantage, and it's just – it's gone. Um, and obviously the Battle of L.A. is something that we were looking forward to. It's I just – it's non-existent at this point. So that really – I think that really puts a, a dent in that matchup and the excitement in that matchup. Um, just not not – t- not – that series not taking place in LA for seven games or however many games it would take place. I know. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any, let's, let's end it here. Do you guys have any early predictions before the season starts? Who's winning the championship? What's the, what's the matchup finals matchup and who's winning it? Bucks and six. <laughs> Over who? Who are they going to be? Lakers Bucks. <laughs> yeah. So I look, I, I go back to this is not a season with heavy, heavy coaching because you just haven't been with your team. So I have to pick the two best players in the league. I think it's Bucks. I think it's Lakers. And when in doubt, I'm going to take the team that has LeBron James. If I lose, I lose, but I'm going Lakers in seven. 
I'm actually going to take a sneaky pick. I'm going to take Uh-oh. the Clippers and six. Oh. I, uh, I don't believe in the Clippers. I'm not going to lie. Was I, I guess, wrong? Do y'all, do, y'all, do y'all remember that? The rumblings about their team dissension? Yeah. and there's, I mean, there's always been this chemistry um, conundrum with them, and they haven't been able to figure it out. And obviously with the eight games, like, that's going to – it's going to test them. It's going to be pressure. But at the end of the day, they have Kawhi. They have Paul George. They have the horses to run. Who's stopping them? Like, who's matching up with them? And that was the issue. That was the issue when we said at the start of the season, who's matching up with them in the playoffs? Yeah. They go down to six, seven guys. They have the best six, seven guys in the league, I think. And that's ultimately what the playoffs come down to. I think the Bucks. I think the Bucks easily sweep the East. I think it's – not even a question. And I think that that might be a seven-game series. And the Heat, I'm definitely, you know what I'm saying, going to watch those series. You know, Heat and- Look, I'll, I'll go on record. I'll make it official. If the Clippers, if Kawhi does this again, if the Clippers and Kawhi win the NBA championship, I am on record as saying AJ will get braids. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's a podcast. Hey, inaugural podcast bet. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so let's move on to Kyrie Irving and kind of along the lines of the NBA playoffs. Um, Kyrie Irving and the Pe- Players Coalition and the Players League. Um, bigger than basketball, you put it. So let me just go over this. Basically, you guys have know, you guys know what's happening over the past, you know, two, three weeks. Um, the police officers in Minneapolis murdered George Floyd. Um, there's been outcry in the streets, protests in the streets. Um, and with that, um, and with that, and with the return to the return to play for the NBA, um, Kyrie Irving kind of created this players coalition. He brought together this players coalition of about 90 players. He brought them on a players uh, on a conference call and basically questioned whether the NBA should return as it might be a distraction to the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and so I guess, I mean, that's really all there really is to say. Is, is this a distraction to the, to the movement? Is it a legitimate question to ask? And what are your thoughts on Kyrie and kind of just the situation at hand. I'll let AJ start this time. Um, well, you know, we've already had many discussions about this. And to be honest, you know, my feelings and opinions have done a lot of up and down. But ultimately, ultimately, I feel like, I feel like obviously Kyrie's heart and his intentions are in the right place. Uh, but unfortunately, it's just a matter of, you know, timing, you know what I mean? When it comes to social justice and the change that he wants, it's more of a long-term project, and he's going about it like it's due tomorrow, end of the semester, you know what I mean? And this pressure that he's applying on, you know, a lot of these players that don't necessarily have what he has in terms of, you know, foundational wealth and all the things that he's been able to amass throughout his career. Uh, it's just, you know, like I said, it's the right, you know, right intention, but you got to think about the youngers. You got to think about 
the, the guys that don't have that clout and need this opportunity. And while obviously we, we, we wish for a better future for, you know, players and, you know, black people in general, um, we got to take what we have now and just keep moving forward as best as we can with the most dignity. And of course, um, as far as the new league, you know what I mean? That's, that's not, I don't think that's necessarily really <laughs> But, um, you know, of course, if he wants to maybe work on that post-NBA, like just commit, completely commit his life to that, that's something that I would see, you know, that would be fitting for what he's doing in his life. Uh, but, yeah, what I'm worried about is, like, that he will be right, you know? Like, he will be right in terms of the fact that the NBA will serve as a distraction and kind of sidetrack what he's trying to say because I've already seen it on social media. I've already seen Braun post about voting and like how that is the most important issue for you know social justice when it's not you know it's, it's part of it but it's not all of it you know it doesn't start with voting it starts with literally just human rights and ethics and morals and that's where that's where Kyrie is focused on like where are your ethics where are your morals what can we do to change this and then we can start talking about uh, voting rights and police brutality and everything else that afflicts the community that he's fighting for. Corey? I mostly agree. I, I, would, I would just piggyback in what I would say to Kyrie is, look, some sport is coming back. Somebody's going to make a return. And if it ain't us, it's going to be baseball. And how exactly do you think that's going to go? How important do you think this movement is to baseball in the MLB? So for me, it's like AJ said, yes, it's a long-term initiative. But even if it was short-term, man, we can't let baseball be the first ones back because they're not going to, <laughs> they're not going to um, let's just say, appreciate this movement in the way that the NBA will. A lot of that, quite frankly, is just because what is, look, look at the diversity in basketball versus baseball. You do the math, you do the calculus, and basketball has got to be the first sport back. Yeah, I mean, you do bring up a great point. Um, the NBA's athletes do um, support social movements more so than any other athletes in any other sport, I would say. Um, so I think Kyrie's question is definitely a noble one to ask. Like, obviously, we should all be asking these questions. Um, what, what are we doing for these movements? What are we doing for human rights? What are we doing for people? And how are we... Um, how are we helping those causes? Um, it's not enough just to be anti-racist. It's not enough just to be not racist. You have to be actively anti-racist. Um, I mean, that's what I've been hearing a lot of people say. That's what I, something I believe. Um, and so it is a noble question to ask, but the lingering issue is that these are, like you guys pointed out, these are all these are always business decisions. And so even with Colin Kaepernick, his decision to kneel had business implications of his job. And, and so un, as unfortunate it is, um, that, that situation is very different because Kyrie here is, is actively saying, look, we're not gonna, we're not gonna play or we're, we're thinking about not playing because it doesn't send the right message. And that is saying like, look, I'm willingly giving away all of my money um, for this message, as opposed to Kaepernick, who took the stand and then someone 
someone, the NFL made the decision to actively take that away from him. I think, I think they're two very different situations. So I don't think it's necessarily fair to compare them. Um, and so that's, that's ultimately been my issue with um, Kyrie in this thing is that I think it's noble, but ultimately when we look at this from a business perspective, from a legal perspective, from a, I mean, just even from a moral ethical perspective, I think it makes more sense for the players to return in terms of them making more money, them keeping um, salary caps high, keeping their salaries high, keep making sure they keep leverage in their negotiations with the league. Um, and not only that, but also making sure they use their platform actively to, you know, speak on things that they, you know, want want to talk about and, you know, care about. Um, um, and yeah, so ultimately, I, that's why I just think while Kyrie's question is noble, I think it's, um, I think we, when we, when we look for the answer, we quickly find the answer. But I do kind of want to get into something else that we've, we've been touching on in the group chat for a while now. Um, and I think we wouldn't be asking these questions. Corey put this perfectly to me. We wouldn't be asking these questions if it wasn't for Kyrie. And so I do want to ask Corey, what is your take on Kyrie's love for basketball? Does, do you think he's going to be here long-term? And I mean, we've talked about this obviously, but I want you to give your take on the, on the podcast and kind of your take on Kyrie. Good question. <clears throat> so my thing is always, look, if you're, if you're a pro athlete, especially an athlete who didn't win the genetic lottery, you're not seven feet tall, you're not 280, I know you care about your sport. The question is, are you crazy obsessed with it, right? Or some athletes decide that, you know, the sport is just one piece of my life. A good example is Arian Foster. Arian Foster retired early. He was a great running back for the Texans, pro bowler, but now he makes music. He does podcasts. For him, he liked football, and football helped him financially, but in the end, it was one part of his life. Kyrie could be cut from that same cloth. Contrast that with somebody like a Jordan, a Kobe, people like that, where it's like the only stories you hear about them during their career is the sport. I don't think Kyrie is that. So if I had to guess, what is he now? Like upper 20s, most likely 28, 29. Probably plays three, four years. You know, him and KD see what they can do in Brooklyn. But if he's out by 33 years old, 32, it wouldn't surprise me. Probably on to, as I say, bigger and better things. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I think, uh, and I, and it's hard to view this outside of that lens, right? Like, it's hard to view Kyrie's questioning of whether he should come back without also looking at the fact that he's injured, that he's making 30 million, that he wasn't even going to be able to go to Orlando in the first place, that he wanted to actually return to play um, the week before. I mean, that's not necessarily indicative of his feelings at the moment, but I just think all these things combined, it's it's a fair question to ask whether Kyrie actually, you know, loves being in the NBA. And I think he loves basketball, but I don't think he necessarily loves being an NBA professional basketball player. And obviously, you know, your job is much different than your hobby. And when your hobby becomes your job, those things are kind of hard to um, coincide. Yeah, and you bring up a good point about injuries too, which is, look, you can love being an NBA player all you want. 
Do you really love rehab? Do you really love being in the team doctor, uh, team doctor's office? Do you really love surgeries? That plays a role too. A lot of guys who retire early, again, there's some kind of injury history involved. So you can love your sport, and, and there's definitely something to be said for the everyday average person doing rehab after an injury, but it's a different level of rehab to return to the NBA. So that could be a factor as well. And AJ, I know you, uh, sorry, I know you have a lot of opinions kind of on Kyrie and his, just kind of his stance on social justice in general and kind of um, the underlying view of the players league. I kind of wanted you to talk a little bit about your feelings on, on his suggestion of creating this players league and kind of what you, what you think about it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have to echo what you guys have said in terms of like, he's not going to go out like Vince or Dirk. You know, 41, two years old, playing still in the league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or he put it pretty much, you know, with the uh, fact that he has so much more that he does care about, you know. And I feel like at this point in his life, he already has a ring. He already has multiple all-star games. All, you know, as much as you could want out of an NBA player, he hasn't. You know, at this point, it, it, the only thing that's separating him is that Kobe Jordan obsession, you know, pursuit for maybe two, three more. But, like, do you like rehab? Do you like the doctor's, uh, team doctor's office? Like, would you rather be pouring yourself into something that you find more fulfilling? Like, rehab is not fulfilling. It's not fulfilling unless you haven't gotten that first ring, which you already had. He's had that big shot. He's, had, he's reached the highest of heights. So what about this would be more fulfilling? Would a second one really be that more fulfilling? Like, especially like how he's seeing the NBA is moving and how he's seeing some of the owners are moving and how a lot of these initiatives are not being really followed through. And like a lot of people aren't really supporting him in the ways that he wants to be supported maybe at this phase in his career. You know? How much do you think making that big shot um, at such a young age and the games happen on the finals? How much do you think that has changed his perspective on the league and kind of just, you know, himself, his position in the league? Uh, well, I mean, he definitely parlayed that into what he is now. I mean, what, uh, I'm just not finding out that he's the vice president of the players. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He is very, obviously, it's, it's very clear to see he's very good at capitalizing on opportunities in, in terms of what he wants in his life. So I feel like that shot definitely catapulted him into, you know, a space of pressure that, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to be unfair to him and say he's not prepared for it in a way, but it's definitely something that's like, you know, it's like what now? You know what I mean? Like he's searching for what now? And I guess we're all just criticizing him for it as opposed to like supporting what he's doing or saying or feeling and like trying to guess like, you know, facilitate that in a more productive and effective way yeah and it wasn't it, it, it wasn't it wasn't just Kyrie by the way yeah you gotta, I mean America overrated Kyrie after that shot I still remember the summer of Kyrie versus Steph <laughs> I still remember all the debates everyone had is Kyrie the best point guard in the NBA well I mean he's the one scoring 40 in the finals <laughs> he's the one making the shot oh who'd he make it over he made it over Steph so there was an entire summer where I would say the majority of NBA fans 
literally thought that Kyrie was a greater player and greater point guard than Steph Curry. So at a certain point, you can't really blame Kyrie if this even went to his head because it went to all of our heads. Yeah, a hundred percent. You make up a great, you make a great point. Um, he was definitely viewed that summer. Like you, I mean, it took you, it took you reminding me, but he was definitely <laughs> viewed that summer as a top two, top one point guard in the league. And it was incredible. I mean, that shot, I mean, he's basically credited over LeBron for winning them that final sometimes, right? Like a lot of people, it's, it's, it might be stupid. AJ shaking his head. It might be stupid, but. Um, that was the narrative. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and people had yeah, shots, people yeah. had him over Chris Paul and Steph Curry entering that next season. Sounds yeah. crazy in retrospect, but above Chris Paul, above Curry, above Westbrook, who was still in his prime, people felt at that. It just give me looks. Look, AJ, <laughs> I'm just telling you. Look, look. Literally that person. Like, yeah, I, was, I know. Okay. <laughs> thank, you, thank you. I was going to say, because look, I lived through it. Look, the narrative back then was, hey, Russ is good, but he shoots you out of playoff games. Chris Paul's good, but he can't win in the playoffs. Steph is good, but he's always hurt, and Kyrie roasted him in the finals. People thought Kyrie was the league's best point guard in a golden era of point guards. So if it went to his head, I don't blame the guy. Yeah. Any final thoughts on Kyrie? Uh, hashtag keep keep getting them checks. Keep, <laughs> keep getting them checks for as long as oh, you can. As long as you can. <laughs> and, make, and, make, and make sure you have that endorsement lined up before you before you retire. For sure. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Um, I think that's it for the end for the for our first ever podcast. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Coach Corey and AKA AJ for um, joining me today. Um, again, follow us on all of our social media at Twitter. My social media, my Twitter is at A M A N U L L A H double underscore. That's Amanula double underscore. You can follow Corey at Coach Corey. Coach underscore Corey underscore Lawson. That's C-O-A-C-H underscore C-O-R-E-Y underscore L-A-W-S-O-N. You can also follow him at Claw Athletics. Check out his fitness page. Um, we're probably going to talk a little bit more about it on future podcasts, and he's going to probably write some stuff on the website. Um, you can also follow AJ. He doesn't really have social media right now, but he's going to figure it out, so we'll plug that um, in a future podcast. Oh, he's... he's <laughs> He got us in, so. Um, man, this thing is, this technology thing, I'm old, man. <laughs> so he's going to figure that out. Um, again, you can listen to this on YouTube. The video version is probably going to be on YouTube in a few days. Um, and then the audio version is going to be on all of your favorite podcasting apps, um, Anchor, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Podcast, Google Play. Um, and then most importantly, go check out the website, a website about somethings.com. It's pretty bare bones right now, but there is a post up. There's going to be a few more posts put, coming your way. So check that out. Some new content coming your way. Um, any final words, guys? Hey, great work, fellas. This has been fun. I can't wait to keep doing it. Yeah, I'm excited for future podcast ideas. And for the folks at home, if you have ideas on you know podcast topics, things like that, let us know because uh, that makes our jobs a lot easier. So just let us know and I'm hyped for the future.
Yeah, and please follow us, like, subscribe, rate us on all of the social medias. Um, five stars, five star, five stars. Thank you again for listening. Um, peace. <laughs>